Good morning to you early birds. Nice to have you with us for The Worm, a podcast from Yellowstone Public Radio News. I'm your host, Orlinda Worthington. Today is February 14th. Ahead on The Worm, a new guide helps Montana schools navigate AI. Bozeman residents fire heated remarks over the city manager. And a new climate plan gives the state potential for millions of federal dollars. As we first reported Tuesday, Bozeman City Commissioners asked the city manager to resign following a nearly three-hour public meeting Monday night. Yellowstone Public Radio's Sarah Brown has comments today from some of those attending that meeting. At a packed special meeting Monday evening, Bozeman City Commissioners asked besmirched city manager Jeff Mihalik to resign by Wednesday. Calls for Mihalik's resignation follow a widely circulated video of him grousing about Mayor Terry Cunningham and Deputy Mayor Joey Morrison, as well as other commissioners and public employees. The leaked video shows Mihalik in a private conversation on a video call with a city employee in which he also boasts about a lucrative job opportunity in Texas and badmouths residents. Mayor Cunningham reacted to the video. It was heartbreaking for the community. It was a gut punch for us all. The content of the video is disturbing, but equally notable is how quickly and comfortably the conversation turned to one critical of staff, the commission, and citizens. To me, this indicates this may be familiar ground. Commissioners received more than 100 comments from the public before the meeting and heard lengthy public comment during. My name is Hudson Hart. I've lived in Bozeman for 29 years. Mr. Mihalich does not represent me, my family, or many of my fellow Bozemanites. Bozeman City Attorney Greg Sullivan confirmed the commission has the power to remove Mihalik, but it would come with a payout of 12 months of his salary and 18% of the annual salary put into a retirement fund. If Mihalik resigns, he would not get that payout. Mihalik has been on paid administrative leave since February 1st. He issued a statement apologizing to the commission, city staff, and Bozeman residents. Neither Mihalik nor any representatives for him spoke at Monday's meeting. In Billings, I'm Sarah Brown. Governor Greg Gianforte has directed the Montana National Guard to find ways to help Texas with security at its southern border. Montana Public Radio's Shaley Rager reports. Gianforte says the directive comes in response to the, quote, threat posed to every state, unquote, by illegal immigration and at the request of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. According to the governor's office, help from the Montana National Guard could include sending volunteer soldiers and airmen on a support mission. The office said more information about the specific resources Montana can offer and the state's budget for the aid will be available in the coming weeks. Gianforte joined 12 other governors at the southern border in Texas earlier this month in a show of support for the state as it tries to curb illegal border crossings. The governor said the Biden administration has failed to address a surge of migrants reaching the southern border. Other Republican-led states like Utah and Louisiana have already pledged to send law enforcement and National Guard members to Texas. In Helena, I'm Shaley Rager. A first-of-its-kind guide to help Montana schools develop artificial intelligence policies was released Tuesday. Montana Public Radio's Austin Amistoy spoke with one teacher at the forefront of those discussions. Park High School English teacher Caitlin Schiller says she realized what AI programs like ChatGPT could produce at an education conference last year. Photorealistic images, complete essays, and more. That prompted her to launch into discussions with her students about the technology. 
it's a little daunting. I will be honest. It feels very, um, you truly feel like a pioneer. Chiller believes AI can ultimately improve education for students and teachers. She sees its potential to help with grading and thinks it could help students with dyslexia and dysgraphia become better writers. Above all, Chiller thinks it's not realistic to just ban the technology outright. It's a losing battle, and all you're going to end up with is really frustrated kids who don't understand why they can't use ChatGPT. That sentiment is part of what inspired the release of a new guide for AI in education developed by Montana Digital Academy. The state-funded online learning platform released the more than 50-page document to encourage Montana educators to think about AI in the classroom. Jason Neifer heads Montana Digital Academy. He says the technology is moving fast. I'm not sure if we're going to get a lot of time to wait around for best practices. So the best practices are really the ones that teachers, in conversation with their colleagues and their students and their community, have with one another. Neifer says the guide should help districts craft policies suited for their needs. It offers some clues at how AI may shake the education landscape. The guide mentions the technology could automate routine tasks like auditing, course scheduling, and budget tracking. The technology has also driven concerns over student cheating, factual errors, and even displacing school staff. Neifer says those are all reasons for schools to start planning for the AI future now. And Montana's major education organizations agree. Four of the largest gave the guide their stamp of approval. In Missoula, I'm Austin Amistoy. Susie Hedelin officially filed for the Secretary of State's office Tuesday, seeking election as Montana's next superintendent of public instruction. Hedelin is currently the Towns and School District Superintendent and the Montana Board of Public Education Vice Chair. She previously served as Deputy Superintendent at the Montana Office of Public Instruction. In addition to working as a classroom teacher and supervising teachers, Hedelin has managed federal education programs and school funding, according to her news release. State environmental regulators are in the process of writing up a statewide climate action plan. Once completed, it will make Montana eligible to apply for millions in federal funding to address climate pollution. The deadline for the public to comment on what they'd like to see included is this week. Montana Public Radio's Austin Amistoy sat down with reporter Ellis Julin to learn more about the plan and how it compares to previous climate adaptation efforts. Ellis, a climate action plan for the whole state of Montana. That sounds like a pretty big deal. So is it a big deal? What's this all about? Last year, Montana's Department of Environmental Quality got $3 million from the federal government to draft a climate action plan. This is part of broader climate change mitigation efforts tied into a huge piece of federal legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act. Montana is actually one of 46 states that are in the process of making these plans, as well as tribes across the country. The Chippewa Cree, Northern Cheyenne, Blackfeet, and Fort Peck, Assiniboine, and Sioux tribes are all drafting similar plans. All right, that does read like a pretty big deal. Ellis, we've talked a few times about climate change, adaptation plans the state has made to deal with climate change. How is this plan different from all of those? Yeah, that's a great question. The state has had plans before, but they were all shelved and haven't driven large policy changes. You can think of them kind of like wish lists, while this plan is a bit more like a checklist. And it comes with the promise of federal money. It's really a roadmap to funding climate change projects through federal dollars. States have until March 1st to submit their list to the federal government, and then they have a month to request that federal funding. 
DEQ released Montana's draft plan last week and is taking public input on that draft until February 15th. Okay, so we have a draft of the plan. That likely means we have an idea of the state's priorities for climate action based on that draft. What are some of the highlights? So the projects and goals in the plan are grouped into five major sections, forests, schools, homes and businesses, waste management, and industrial power innovation. These all address what DEQ has identified as major sources of pollution in Montana. State officials are also outlining projects within these categories that they could break ground on quickly should they get that federal funding. Do you have a sense at this point how Montana's approach to this climate action plan compares to other states? We'll learn more about what other states are doing in the coming months as plans are released and states start applying for that specific funding. In Montana, while Governor Greg Gianforte acknowledges climate change is real, his office doesn't want it getting in the way of economic development or creating new regulations, like incentivizing electric vehicles or clean energy development. And Gianforte isn't the only official that's wary of the state taking a more hands-on approach to allocating resources towards climate change. Conservative lawmakers like Republican Representative Paul Fielder have questioned why this plan was needed. I'm against the whole process of saying we're going to fight climate change with public dollars because I don't believe in the hoax of climate change. Now, to be clear, climate change is not a hoax. The Earth's average temperature is rising and humans play a big role in the changing climate. Other criticism of the state's plan has come from clean energy advocates who are concerned about how the plan emphasizes uncertain technology like carbon capture. I'm thinking about those five broad topic areas in the plan. Will DEQ be carrying out all of those projects itself, or can other interested groups get in on the action, so to speak? The state definitely isn't on its own through all of this. Although DEQ is the author of Montana's plan, it is taking public input and trying to incorporate projects that are proposed by groups outside of state government, like the Montana Smart Schools Fund, which was drafted by a coalition of nonprofits. They're proposing $50 million to begin a clean energy conversion in schools. Here's Steve Thompson with Electrify Montana. So we want as many schools as possible to, first of all, develop a blueprint for where they'd like to go, what makes sense for their schools. The group would then distribute funding to schools based on those blueprints. They say $50 million could help between 20 to 30 schools and would also tie into other federal funding streams targeting school updates. You mentioned earlier EPA has $5 billion on hand to distribute to states. Is there any indication at this point how much Montana could get? Several people I spoke with about this proposal, as well as people from DEQ, said they're hoping for $100 million, but it's really uncertain right now. We'll learn more about what projects the state wants funding for later this spring and what the federal government approves of sometime in the fall. Sounds like the first step of what will likely be a pretty long process. Ellis, thank you for breaking this down for us. Yeah, thanks for talking with me. That is The Worm for Wednesday. Kay Erickson will have the latest for you today during All Things Considered between 4 and 7 p.m. And we'll have another episode of The Worm for you early birds on Thursday. The Worm is a production of Yellowstone Public Radio. Theme music composed and recorded by Zach Jones at Rapscallion Recording. Metal art call captured by Jay McGowan for the Macaulay Library. More information about The Worm is available at ypradio.org.